Hold on one second. Okay. Hold on here. I gotta get my notes. Okay. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purdue University for another session of the Serious Security Seminar. Uh, if you are viewing this live or sometimes freshly after it, was, after it was recorded in March of 2015, please uh, take some time and visit the Sirius website, register, get some information for the Sirius Security Symposium coming up in a few weeks. So our guest today is from MITRE Corporation, a proud sponsor and partner with Sirius, uh, and our visitor uh, is uh, Dr. Andy Piles. Uh, Andy is a senior cybersecurity researcher. Andy, welcome. Thank you. So, um, the actual talk today is going to be called, uh, is, is part of the research I've been leading over the last year and a half over at MITRE. Uh, it's called uh, VAMDA or Virtual Android Malware Detection and Analysis. And um, so let's get, go ahead and get started here. So the, the problem that we're trying to really address here is, is more generally the uh, app vetting problem. So the app vetting problem in general is basically trying to figure out, you know, if, you, if you've got an application, a mobile application, how do you actually vet it? Or, or you know, how do you verify that there's no malware on there? So, so just, to give, just to kind of set up this problem a little bit, um, there's, there's basically, you've got the Google Play, uh, store uh, that has over a million applications. Um, actually, I think it's like 1.2, 1.2 million right now. Uh, there's also the um, the Apple Apple Store, which has over again over a million applications. Then you also have like the, the the third party applications as well, like the Amazon, and you know a couple other ones like that. So, so all all of those all of those um, app stores really have this problem of like how do you if you've got this huge quantity of applications, like over a million, how do you process it, these things very quickly? So really what you want to look at is, um, you know, the actual assurance level. So is this, you know, if, if we're looking at, at a very low assurance level, then it's probably okay to actually take this application, vet it fairly quickly, and throw it on the, on the, on, on the app market so you can download it and, and so forth. However, if it's if, if if the actual high if the assurance level is a little bit higher then then, then you may need to spend more time on that. So so the, so the way way I look at that is there's there's basically the environment where like the you know there's Google Play there's a third party app app stores there's but then there's also there's enterprise app markets out there um, and these are these are basically enterprise or government entities where they've got. Where the, where the actual assurance level is very high. They, they, want, to, they want to verify which applications are, go, are actually going on there. So that being said, so, so what we really want to understand for, for more of the advanced um, malware analysis problem is we want to understand what is this app actually doing? Now again, at the low, at, you know, at the, the Googles and Apples of the world, they're, they're obviously concerned about this as well, but not at the same level as, as, as a government entity or you know, enterprise. And so if you're, if, so in both cases, it's a very, you know, significant investment in time. You, you got to spend a lot of time on this stuff. Um, the, the other thing that we want to look at is, okay, so, so then if, if you start looking at sophisticated malware, sophisticated malware may actually be, be hidden within the applications. And um, so, so some challenges with that is, you know, some, in some cases, malicious payloads can actually be that dynamically downloaded. So, so, so just by, by doing static analysis by itself, 
you may not actually capture, capture this. So the other, the other challenge is, you know, what actually triggers malware? So we want to figure out, like, okay, is there some sort of external event? Um, for example, there is a talk from uh, 2012 by um, this hacker by the name of Char Charlie Miller. And he, he did a talk where he basically figured out a way of, of getting this, um, I wouldn't call it malware, but he, he got this application to actually run within the app store that was not supposed to be run. And he actually got it through. He, he got his... Um, his account ban apparently, but um, so he, he he actually did that. But what what that shows is that the existing um, um, you know app vetting environments are not really suitable for for some of this advanced malware that we're seeing out there. So the objective of Vamda is to basically provide a platform for mobile malware mobile malware analysis and app, app vetting. So we want to look at both the general use case and more of the advanced use case as well. And so, it really, the idea is to reduce costs by, by, automating, by automating certain, you know, manual work. So, so, so one of the things with, um, with, with enterprise where there is a lot of, of manual app vetting involved, there's a lot of, of labor. It, it can be very expensive because you have these specialists that are really looking through these, these applications one at a time, which obviously doesn't scale if you've got, you know, millions of applications. So the other, the, other, the other objective here is to design the platform for scalability. We want to be able to um, handle, if we want to scale up, you know, handle, handle multiple applications, we, we want to have that ability. So we've got some, this multi-tier architecture, which, which I'm going to explain a little bit later. We also want to accurately log, observe, and analyze mobile application behavior. Um, and we want to, so, so the goal is to really record all, all relevant interactions. We want to, want to you know, record all that information. And finally, we actually want to provide the raw logs for, for further analysis. So some of the challenges here, as I've, I've kind of mentioned some of these, but you know, how do you trigger malicious behavior? So um, in that case with, uh, with the, of, of the, of the example I just gave with, um, with that, it's called uh, the bouncer paper. I, I have the reference here somewhere. I'll tell you guys later. But um, if you look at that, that paper, it's basically, um, what they did is they, they just they just uh, checked to see okay I'm running within a virtualized environment I'm not going to do anything so 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 again so how do you actually trigger this malicious behavior that's that's a big challenge and, and all that stuff and uh, I kind of touched on this side ago but you know how do you counter sophisticated am I being monitored um, detection there's another another paper that came out recently um, and it you know it basically showed a step by step here's here's how you do, here's how you detect that you're running within an emulator. And if you're running within an emulator, just don't do anything. So it's, it's, it's fair, fairly trivial for, for malware to just simply say, okay, I'm just not going to do anything. So kind of a, an issue. Um, the other thing is realistic user input. If you're trying to automate this, how do you get real, realistic user input? Um, and then, uh, you know, how do you... Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple of these things, but you know, how, how do you efficiently capture all, all interactions with the system? So, so that's, that's another challenge. Like, how do you actually capture what's happening? So, and then finally, you know, once you have all this all this flood of data, how, what do you do with it? How do you analyze it? So, um, if you if you were to Google, you know, Android system architecture, uh, and, and you go to Wikipedia, this is this is the um, image you you would see. So, so um, this is just basically. This is, this is actually getting somewhat dated now, but it's, it's still so relevant. If you look at this, um, if you look up here, 
at, at the top tier here, these are the different applications. So if you write an application on Android, it's going to be up in this, this higher tier. And if you want to do anything interesting with it, if you want to, uh, you know, make a phone call or you want to um, use a camera or whatever, you need to interact with the application framework, which in turn interacts with these, the lower, lower libraries and, and then ultimately all on top of the Linux kernel. So if, if, if we want to record all this stuff, somehow we need to get in the middle of this stuff, right? So we need to figure out, like, what is this, this phone doing? Well, you know, what is this application, uh, the phone being an application, right? So what exactly is it doing? So that's, that's, that's the idea here. So let's, so the idea here of, of the, just trying to set up the, the idea behind this is, so, you know, we made the observation that in order for any malicious behavior to occur, like if you want to do any sort of network, you know, network connection, or write something to a file, or something like that. You basically have to use a system call, right? So it's kind of, kind of, kind of common sense, but that's how you got to do it. So the idea is, if 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 we were to somehow be able to record, you know, network, file, and um, binder, which which I'll, I'll talk about this more in, in detail in a second, but also you know process-related system calls. And so if we were able to record record all this stuff, theoretically, we should be able to really see what's happening with, you know, all the, the full interaction with the, that this application is doing. Um, and so, so the idea is, you know, we want to be able to observe and, and compare the application behavior in, within the multiple environments, in, instrumented platforms. And then we also want to have some, some way of, you know, semi-automating the, the UI interaction so that you're not actually having to click through this stuff to the application manually. And then finally, we have a, you know, an, an automated report from the post-processing of the raw logs. So, so, so some of the system call groups that we look at are, you know, nothing too exciting here, but just, you know, it, all the network-related system calls. We want to basically hook these, look at, look, examine what's happening. So, uh, you know, with socket, connect, send, receive. Connect is, is obviously useful because you can tell which IP addresses you, this, this application is actually, actually connected to. Now, obviously, you, you can get a lot of this stuff with something like uh, TCP dump or uh, you know PCAP analysis, but what you can't, what at least is very difficult to do, is actually figure out which traffic flows um, are assigned to that specific application, right? So you can say, yeah, you know, something on this phone was connecting to this IP, this IP address over here and doing doing stuff, but trying to actually bridge that gap there, that's that's the whole idea with this. And the file. Is useful because we, we can track all the files, inter file interactions that the application is doing, every file that opens, reads, and writes, and so forth. And the binder, I'll, I'll describe this more in a second, but that's the, that does the, um, it, we basically hook the IOCTL um, system call, and by doing that, we can actually, this is very interesting. We actually track all the interactions between um, the application and, and all the um, Android services. And then process, process, we just we also look like every time it you know it runs exec like uh, let's say that um, some malware that we've seen well some, some of the older ones will actually include a um, you know ARM binary and so it'll, it'll actually try to execute that and sometimes um, you know with with the whole concept of rooted phones you'll have the SU binary on there so you'll see it, you know exec SU and it's trying to who knows what it's trying to do right so. Zooming in on the uh, Android system interaction, the way that the way this works is uh, so for the binder module, it turns out that every time that the application wants to um, interact, so so again up here we're 
guys can see that? Yeah, okay. So in, anytime the application wants to interact with the framework, this, the system services, um, it actually goes through a uh, through the kernel, believe it or not. So it's act, what it's doing is it going, it ultimately through a long path, it actually goes through here, the binder driver, and then from there, it, it, it's able to interact with the, with the different applications. So by, by, by sitting at that layer, we, we can actually get a whole lot of, of very useful information. Um, so some examples that we can do, we can actually track, um, you know, sensitive transactions. Every time it tries to retrieve the IMEI or the phone number, something like that, we can actually track all that information. Also, um, interestingly enough, we can, anytime we get, you know, SMS messages sent out, we can actually sent or received, we can actually uh, retrieve that as well. So, so now that we have this kind of this, this concept of how to do it, how did we actually build it? How did, how did we design this? Okay, so, so the first, first idea here is, is more, you know, um, more intuition is that, so, so the first one up here, this, this guy here is, is, um, is the emulator, right? So, so the emulator is, is typically something based off of, uh, of, of, of Q, QMU, if you guys are familiar with that. So, um, this, this is obviously a very well-known um, virtualization um, software out there, and, and it's very easy to scale, right? You can just, you can just have, have a server out there and have a whole bunch of instances, and it's very easy to scale. There's some, the problem with that, though, although it's easy, it's also very easy to detect, unfortunately. So even though this seems like the easiest solution, it's not the perfect solution. So, so what we did is we actually used a combination of all three of these. So, so the, other, the other approach here, the second one here, the ARCH, this, this is, this is kind of interesting. The last, the last year, really, we're seeing a lot, a lot more of these 64-bit um, ARM server environments. So with these things, you can actually have, it's, it's, it's very similar to like x86-based platform where you've got, you know, full hardware virtualization capabilities. And it's actually got like, you know, a lot of memory you can throw at it. So you can have like 120 gigs or, of memory or something like that. So with that, you can have full hardware virtualization. So you can, you can actually have a, you know, a virtual Android instance. And it's also very, it's, it's more, much more difficult to detect, although it's still, still possible. Um, and then finally, obviously, the, the, the phone. This is a um, Nexus 5, I believe. And so, so with this one, this one is actually the, the best environment because it's, it's, it's an actual phone. It's very easy to instrument it. Uh, the problem with that, though, is it doesn't scale very well, right? So if, you, if, you're, trying to, if you're trying to, you know, go to the level of you've got a million applications, you're trying to, it's very difficult to have a, to visualize a data center with a million phones just, just stacked up in there, right? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it just doesn't work too well. So. Okay, so, so once we have all this stuff, all this stuff set up, the, the big picture here is ultimately we upload an APK. An APK is basically just an application. It's a, it's a zip file, essentially. Uh, we would take that, do some initial static analysis on the application. We would then drive the user input. And then all, all that's, then we basically, um, do that on, on, on each, each one of these platforms. So we would do like, you know, like on, on, on the previous slide, we would have the, you know, ARM server, the modified emulator, and also the, the physical phone. And then once, we, once we've done that, we basically take all the results, combine them together, and then we can generate the, the, the final report. So jumping to the implementation part, what we did, so we decided on the phone, 
in the ARM server, we, we decided to go with a, um, a, a kernel module where we just basically hook all the, all the system calls, which is nothing new. I mean, there's, you know, this has been done for a while, but, but we decided to do it on, on an actual you know, Android phone. And on the emulator, we, d we used a QMU plugin, so we're really doing so. So essentially, we're using uh, virtual machine introspection techniques. So by, by doing all these things, we, that's, that's the whole, whole idea of, of how it works. Um, so, so the way that worked, let's, uh, we can jump in here. This is how we would actually, uh, we actually implemented on the, the kernel module part. So if you look at the Linux kernel today, you'd see the, the system call table um, which is interesting. It, it's not an exported symbol. So, if you if you guys if, if you guys have done any kernel program, has, has anyone here done any kernel program before? Okay, one, one a couple a couple people. Okay, so yeah. So if you're if you're doing some some kernel programming, basically you've got an issue where, for security reasons, they they made it so certain symbols are are not exported. So if they're not exported, it's it's kind of kind of tricky. So anyway, we it's. It took a little bit of work, but, but we were able to, you know, finally find that, uh, the system call table, and then from there we were able to um, redirect it. Now, the, the way you read this is basically the, the system call table has the addresses of these various functions out here, like, you know, for example, sysclose or sysopen. So, so that, would, that would actually store the address there. So all we do is we just basically figure out what that is and replace that with this one right here. And then, and then what, what we can do, we can actually process that before the actual call is actually, actually run. And then once, once it's done, then we sim simply send the response back. So you can't really tell this there's nothing that's running. Okay, so that's, that's the kernel module idea. And uh, the next one here is the, uh, the you know, VMI-based architecture. So, this is this is the part that, that's run on the emulator. So the way this works is, um, you've got the way, the way to read this is so up here, a user process somehow executes a system call, right? So as soon as it ex executes a system call, what happens is that it um, at some point through the flow, it generates a software interrupt. Okay. So um, a software interrupt is then, we can then pick this thing up within our plugin, and then, then we can actually process that, the actual um, uh, system call, basically. And, and then, and then what, once, once we're done processing it, we then pass it off to the kernel. So then the kernel processes it normally, and then we get the return from it, and then it goes back up here. So, so this is nice in that we, we really don't have to modify anything in user space or in the kernel space. So it actually gives you a little bit higher assurance level. So moving on to the analysis part. Um, so basically we have several different, different uh, approaches here. So the first approach is the static analysis. This is where we uh, Package and we basically parse an APK. We uh, we look at the what's called the manifest. Uh, by the way, have you, have you guys ever done any any Android app development here? Does anybody? 
somewhat familiar with this? Okay, good. I just want to see you know if you guys are understand what I'm talking about here. All right, so yeah, so, so basically, if you if you know what the manifest is, that's where you set all the different you know permissions re requested and all, uh, and you also say okay, these are the services that are starting and stuff like that. So you declare all that within the manifest. So, so the idea is we 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 just kind of do some very lightweight parsing of that. We kind of say okay, these are the different applications. And we also look look to see if there's any native libraries out there. So there's there's another um, interesting gap with with mobile the mobile space right now where um, it turns out that most at least from the last um, last several years most of the of the malware that we've seen all the all the ones that really do anything particularly malicious it's all done within native libraries. So we don't ever see anything like in the Java level. Oh yeah, you know, let's do something really malicious. It's typically done within a native library. So we've done some work on this to um, to try to try to look at this a little bit. And so the way that we do that right now, it's 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 very rudimentary, but but we actually track all the the possible system calls that could be done on this on this particular library. Then then once we know once we once we know that total list, we can then use that to you know help with the, with the actual analysis later. Um, and then, then the next part is obviously the Android API call inspection. This is really more the the binder inspection. Okay, so we can um, we can basically track the track data leaks, uh, look at look at privacy issues, um, and some of the things we can we can look at is you know from that from the previous slide. This kind of explains it a little bit, but we can look at every time an application tries to um, access the camera. Uh, you know, retrieve IMEI or contacts or whatever. We can actually track all that information. Uh, also, SMS traffic. Now, for the network part, we—I um, uh, think I touched on this a little bit briefly—but we also use um, like an SSL uh, MITM or MITM or man-in-the-middle man uh, proxy to to actually record all the traffic. So a lot of times you'll see that you know traffic will actually be encrypted over SSL, so you can't really, so if you just, you're running something like TCP dump, you're not going to be able to capture that. So we, we, we just use that to help uh, record some of the data. And then we also um, utilize tools where we can actually record all the, all the, all the actual data that was, that was transmitted to see if there's any data leakage. Um, so the other, the other thing that we look at is some file system stuff. Um, this is just Again, just 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 basically parsing all the the logs that were that were previously previously generated. So we we'll look, we'll look at the file system to see what sort of um, what sort of files were opened, what what sort of files were were you know read and, and written to and so forth. And the process one, we we're looking at um, some malware from like 2012, I think. And this, and this this is one that was called Rage Against the Cage. I don't know if you guys. Are that one. It was kind of this, this, this fans one that came out, but basically it was running a a fork bomb, is what it was doing. So so what that basically what that means? Yeah, I see, I see a couple of people nodding their hands. Basically what that means is that you just run fork over and over and over again, and then it finally exhausts the system, and and it, it you know from that you're able to get a privilege at escalation and then do, do all kinds of nasty stuff. So we were we added that in there as well to you know to kind of track that that kind of stuff. So it turns out though that um, you know we, we had that in there, 
And the other option is the automated screenshot capability. So anytime that we, you know, find anything, we can we can take a screenshot of that, which is which is useful in the in the final final report that we generate. Okay. So um, just to get a little bit more detail on the the, in the metrics that we're currently looking at, we can um, anytime that an application attempts to read an SMS message, or you know. Retrieve, retrieve a phone number, get the SIM card serial number, um, and so on, or you know, take a picture. Anytime it 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 basically tries to get any of this stuff, it will basically log all that stuff, so we can we can see see what's happening. Um, so the next slide here just kind of talk about the Vanda workflow. So the way this is work is um, so first an application is uploaded to the Vamda platform, and we, we you know we basically analyze the application with the emulator environment using the you know the actual VMI approach that, that we talked about earlier, and we find that you know this is the cheapest to deploy. So we want to be able to this is easy to to scale out. We can have you know have as many of these as we want. Um, we want to we can basically um, this this is useful for 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 the less sophisticated malware out there. So anything that's doing anything any advanced malware capabilities, uh, this this is the best approach. And then we we then you know analyze the applications on these uh, these other platforms, and then we can basically analyze and then compare the results, and then finally generate the report. And so this next slide here is an actual. Um, screenshot, if I can get this to work, of an application of a uh, malware sample that we were actually looked at. So this this shows you, this is kind of what we do with the um, on the emulator, modified emulator, and this this is going to show you um, how it interacts. Uh, just to let you know, this is this actually takes a long time to analyze an application. It usually takes about 45 minutes to an hour just for each instance, so it takes a long time. So, th so the video here I'm going to show you, I'm not going to bore you with a 45-minute uh, video here, is <laughs> actually, a, a, it's sped up, like I think, by eight times, eight to ten times. But even then, it's still kind of tedious. You're kind of like, all right. So I'll, I'll try to walk it through, walk us through it. Okay. You guys see that okay? All right. So here it is. It's starting it up. Um, this is the um, semi-automated UI UI automation script that we have. What it's doing right now is it's actually installing the the, the application, our application. Which, and again, this is this is eight times speed up, so this is it just takes a long time to do it. But all right, so here it is. They actually installed the application, and this 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 malware here is called um, Locker. And basically, it's it's really not that sophisticated. But what it tries to do is 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 it installs. Let me pause that for a second so we can see what's happening. So, what it what it does is it basically installs itself and it and it tries to. Um, it it basically keeps itself running in the front. So so if you if if you if you press any like like the home button or something like that, nothing will work because it's all. It just always thinks that that's in the front. So, so it doesn't really actually do anything really malicious. It just it just always runs in the front. So, so you get this pop up and it says to unlock your device, you know, send us three hundred dollars. 
Okay. So, so that's, you know, they're trying to get, get this information here. Um, so our, our, um, so our system really just kind of goes through this you know, in, in an automated fashion. Uh, obviously, if someone wanted to go, go through here and actually do it automatically, or you know, actually um, manual intervention, you could do that as well. But it just kind of shows you how it works. So it's interesting to just, you know, enter $300, and then, and then once you have that $300, I guess, I guess you get a generate, it generates a special code, and then, and then by doing that, it will actually send an email address. I'm going to show that. I'm going to show you a screenshot here in a second. But it's going to go, it goes through here, and so our um, UI automation is not perfect. It's, it, I mean, it, it works, but it's not really. It, it could use a lot more sophistication. Okay, so it's just going to go through here, and then eventually it's going to work its way down and hit the unlock device. So I, I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. Okay. All right, so, so by, by doing that, what we were able to, um, we looked at the logs here, and, th and this is what we found out. So, turns out that it's actually connecting to an IP address over in the Ukraine. And what it's doing, we found out that it's, uh, this is actual uh, mess message that it sent out. Um, so in this case, it's, it retrieved the um, IMEI information. And th in this case, this was on the emulator, so it wasn't really that interesting, but it, you know, if it was running on a real phone, this is what you'd see. Also grabbed what's called the app key. So it grabbed all that information and it, connected to this server in the Ukraine and that's what what it's doing um, so so we also looked at I, I mentioned earlier with that with the application running in the in the foreground all, all the time and you're trying to stop it you just couldn't do it well it turns out that w by, by analyzing the binder activity this is what we we're able to see so there's this move so it looks like it's got some kind of a for loop running just you know, constantly moves tasks to the front during that time, 281,000 times. So just constantly doing that. So that's really all they're doing. And in this case, it's really not that interesting, but it just kind of shows you the capabilities of what we can do. All right. Um, so um, this is actually going going a lot faster than I was, uh, was planning, but. Um, so what, this, this is where we're at so far with this project. We've been working on it for about a year and a half so far, and uh, we've got some, I think we've got some really, a really good start. Um, so some of the things that we want to work on going forward is we want to look at some advanced pattern recognition. So we want to look at, um, you know, so we've got a, a sequence of discrete events that we can observe, and we want to be able to say, okay, let's, can we actually, Make some you know high level events out of this, so so that so that that's a big that's a big uh, thing that we're looking at here, for the next year or so, and then then we just want to analyze all this stuff to see what we can find you know find some additional information. We also want to work at some um, some ad advanced static analysis, as well, and, um, and the last category I think is kind of interesting. It, it's a little bit vague, but it's just advanced analytics. I mean, so we've got. All kinds of data here, and we're, we're looking at some advanced ways of really making sense of all this stuff. So that's that's currently currently what we're working on. Um, and so I w 
what I'd like to do at, th at this point is just um, kind of open it up for, for questions. If you guys have any, um, any questions on, on, over, um, over what we've been talking about. How easy is it to detect that it's in an emulator? Like, did, is it just a couple of calls, or I mean, is it more complicated than that? So right, so, so there's there's a paper out there that, that you, you might want to look up. It's called uh, Rage Against a Virtual Machine. Yeah, uh, if, if that's a it's an interesting paper. So if you look through that, it um, it's 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 actually fairly straightforward to to detect, um, especially if you're running something like um, QMU that's that's doing ARM, ARM emulation, it's, it's fairly simple, fairly, fairly straightforward. But yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, all right, any other questions? Okay, well, uh, I guess we'll, we'll just go ahead and finish early. All right, thank you.